Welcome back. You're listening to Nate the Hate on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcast. As always, if you'd like to support the channel, we have a Streamlabs link where you can donate as little as a dollar, ask us a question, and we'll answer it at the end of the episode. If you donate $100 or more, we will dedicate the episode to you. And if you like this video, be sure to subscribe to the channel, give the video a like, and leave your thoughts in the comment section below. And joining me today, as always, is my co-host, MVG. What's going on, Nate? Remember when things were quiet in in the world of video games where there was nothing going on and we were we weren't sure when the next episode would be i think this is like the fourth episode in in like five days or something it's been crazy yeah we recorded that video about nintendo where we were saying we want microsoft and sony to do something so we could talk about them and since then they've announced pricing launch day and all of a sudden out of nowhere microsoft decides hey let's acquire a studio and let's make it bethesda <laughs> I didn't Amazing. expect that on a Monday morning. I don't think any of and us did. No, we're still recovering from the weekend. And <laughs> Microsoft is like, we're making moves. And you know what? We have pre-orders opening tomorrow. So what better way to get people excited about the Xbox Series X and Series S than announcing that we just acquired one of the biggest Western publishers in the video game industry. And that's exactly what they did for $7.5 billion. That's not... that's almost three times more than what Microsoft paid for the Minecraft IP in Mojang. It's yeah, yep. astonishing. Absolutely unbelievable. Do you want to, you want to walk us through the, the studios that they've picked up along the way? Cause there's quite a few of them. Yeah, there are quite a few. So for that $7.5 billion, Microsoft now owns Bethesda Softworks, Bethesda Game Studios, id Software, ZeniMax Online Studios, Arcane, Machine Games, Tango Gameworks, Alpha Dog, and Roundhouse Studios. And these teams are responsible for franchises like The Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Wolfenstein, Doom, Dishonored, Prey, Quake, Starfield, and several others. That is quite the roster of game franchises. Yeah, it's it's absolutely huge. I mean, we were talking maybe about a month ago about warner brothers uh, or at&t looking to potentially you know offload warner brothers and i think there was some chatter going around that you know different companies were thinking about acquiring warner brothers there was some talk about microsoft picking them up but here they are i mean this was uh, nate i don't know you know if you heard anything uh, inside but this one for me just came out of nowhere and i think it's it's an it's an unbelievable announcement but I think it's a really exciting announcement as well, especially if you're Microsoft. They've obviously had their struggles, you know, with, with studios. And even though back in the start of January of 2018, they were talking about, hey, we want to acquire studios and really strengthen, strengthen you know, our, our company and our brand. This one, man, this one is just, I mean, this is, this is I don't want to say this is a, a knockout blow to Sony because you, you can't knock out Sony, but this is a I mean, this is a fairly large, you know, haymaker. They're just swung and, and connected with Sony and said, Hey, we're not we're not to be messed around with. You know, we we now have the ability to really bring it to you. We're about to launch some new hardware tomorrow. We're going to open up pre-orders. We're going to have a $299 system. We're going to get people into the next generation and undercut you on price and now we have an amazing lineup of games that we are responsible for we own these games and we have very many things going on in the works that are being developed that 
you guys don't even know about yet but we're going to start unveiling next year at e3 and beyond and look the future is bright for microsoft they have they have they have responded extremely well with with everything and i'm i'm impressed i mean i'm, I'm very happy to see this as someone who loves video games i mean you always want to see this and i think this is um this is great this, this will really make uh, the next generation a very interesting thing and I, I can't wait to see how this all plays out yeah this is a industry changing moment oh yeah this is something that I don't think any other acquisition can really rival unless we saw something like Microsoft buy Nintendo or Sony and Nintendo come to a agreement where they merge. It's that type of deal for this industry. This is mammoth. This is gargantuan. This is something like, I don't think Sony can actually counter this to a one-to-one, you know, comparison. There's no studio out there that Sony can go out and buy that would match what this impact would be. Bethesda has some of the most iconic franchises in video games. I mean, Doom and Quake revolutionized and created the first-person shooter. Yep. Elder Scrolls popularized Western RPGs. And now you have Bethesda under the same corporate umbrella as Obsidian, Ninja Theory, Microsoft's other studios like The Coalition, 343, all of a sudden, Microsoft's internal first-party studios, they are, a, they are a formidable foe. They may still not be at the full level of a Sony or a Nintendo, but they are very close now. Yes. And like all that concern of what's Microsoft going to have for first-party output coming into this next gen, they're, really, they're starting to extinguish a lot of those fears. They're showing, we're going to go out there, we're going to make these acquisitions, we're going to make deals. And this was definitely a deal I didn't see coming. We had heard the rumors that they were looking at numerous studios. Phil Spencer even put out publicly he would like to get a Japanese studio. And in a way, he did. Mm -hmm. He now has control of Tango, which is helmed by Shinji Mikami, famed creator of Resident Evil. If I was was Phil, I would be writing Shinji Mikami a check right now for $50 million and telling him... (laughs) After you finish Ghostwire Tokyo, make whatever game you want. We don't. I don't care what it is. Just use your <laughs> your vision and your amazing creativity and writing to just come up with the best Shinji Mikami game you've ever made. Yeah, and that's one of the things that stand out about this deal that I love is that Microsoft is still saying to all of these development studios, "You you continue to do your thing. We're not here to say." hey, Bethesda Game Studios, we want you to create this weird new IP or we want you to change the Elder Scrolls into this, you know, weird, Mm -hmm. unexpected, transformative game. It's going to be continue to do what you guys do best. We're just here to help you publish it and to give it a house on consoles and PC platforms. Don't change the way you actually run or create continue to do what you do and that's an awesome hands-off approach that's exactly what microsoft needs to do with these types of studios let them be them you acquired them for a reason you acquired them for their talent and their skill let them use those skills and deliver quality games and you're just there to help them get to the finish line and one of the big topics today is how is this going to impact the industry in the immediate and 
for the immediate, I don't think this is actually going to have that big of an impact. And for the immediate, I, I'm talking about like the next 12 months. Yeah. Because we already know games like Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo are going to remain timed exclusive on the PlayStation 5. Microsoft already has come out and confirmed that. They're not messing with those deals made. And any games that have already been contractually obligated to PlayStation 5, Switch, or any other platform are still going to release. So Nintendo Switch owners, fear not. Doom Eternal is still going to come to Switch, hopefully in the near future. And, you know, that's good news. It means... And how, how sweet must that feel if you're Microsoft that you've got two exclusive games coming to your competition? <laughs> I mean, come on. that that After a, a very, very rough year, you know, it's it's just... It's a nice way to cap off, you know, the the acquisition and and this this year with with the new systems. I mean, how do you think Jim Ryan feels about that right now? How do you think he feels? You know, Jim Ryan had a bit of a rough week last week. You know, saying things that that were blatantly I don't want to say lies, but they 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 could have been said a lot better than what they were. And all of a sudden now, his competition two games are going to be running on on his hardware. If I'm him, I just say, "Hey, we got a, we got some great games coming from our third-party, you know, partners." <laughs> just because you happen to be owned by Microsoft now, it's no big deal. I mean, we still have Minecraft on it, but yeah, you know, we want to deliver the best games possible. And now, with the circumstance, it just happens to be that these games are now being housed by Microsoft, our competitor. But you know, it the industry is changing, and. This is going to have you know deep impacts moving into the future. I mean, it's good that Microsoft is staying obligated to those contracts, and they're not going to try to weasel their way out to you know remove these times exclusive releases or yep. to like even remove a game from a platform that was already promised to get these games. So it's good that they're kind of looking at the bigger picture and they're saying this is what's best for the industry. This is what's best for players. Yeah, is to bring these games to those platforms. They could be greedy and say, nope, you're not getting that anymore. We're keeping an exclusive to the Xbox Series X and PC, but no, they're doing the right thing. They're doing, I mean, it could just be business. You'd have, they'd have to pay out probably millions upon millions of dollars to get out of those contracts, and that's simply not worth it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I was I was mostly playing around. I was mostly trolling. Right. I mean, you're right, this is business. And, you know, Microsoft, obviously, you know, they're no stranger to having having their IP on, on other systems, obviously with, you know, with Minecraft and the Switch Ori, as well but uh yeah i mean i just i just think it must feel must be a good feeling that if you're phil spencer that you know our our initial batch of of games will be running on on playstation 5 and obviously anything beyond that will will remain to be seen but it's it's exciting times you know if if you're if you're phil spencer from microsoft and of any one of oh, those yeah. studios because i think you know when the when, whenever this this kind of thing happens, when there's ever a, a a merger or an acquisition like this, there's always a lot of uncertainty going on. Especially if you're just someone that works at a studio, you know, how how you must be feeling about this. And I think in general, I mean, everyone everyone, you know, this is a personal thing. Like when when something like this happens, a lot of people don't like change. You know, they would rather just you know go on the way things were. But some people you know really want something like this to happen and i think you know there's no there's no kind of general answer here but i think overall i would say this is pretty exciting i think most employees at these companies would be feeling you know there must be some excitement there must be a little bit of of hype around it and i think 
So I'd be very interested to see where this is going to go. I mean, if you, if you were working at id as a developer or on the Doom Eternal team right now, you must be feeling pretty good about things. Um, you know, you would think that whatever budgets that were allocated for these games uh, in general would be not only met, but probably increased as well. So if you're on the Doom Eternal team, I would say that there would be an immediate or, to, or close to immediate increase in whatever budget they were given. So yeah, man, I, I, I think um, I think this is all positive stuff. No, no, no question. Yeah, I would definitely say this is mostly positive. And if I'm even the team on like an Elder Scrolls, we know that the Q&A process at Bethesda hasn't always been the best. Yeah. Games often ship with a lot of bugs. Maybe now with Microsoft resources, and there's no need for that, like that rush of we need a big game this you know fiscal year. Elder Scrolls is supposed to be it. We need a three-month delay, but we can't afford it. We have to get the game out. We'll patch it later. Now with Microsoft having such a robust first-party lineup, they can might be able to look at that and say, we can afford a three-month delay, optimize it, clean it up, and when we launch it, we want it, you know, the best state we can have. We can patch it down the lines for the little things, but this could actually be a net positive for Bethesda games moving forward. I mean, I understand that's optimistic. People are going to say, what are you, crazy? It's Bethesda. Mm-hmm. Of course, their games are going to ship broken, but let's hope for the best here. Yeah. Let's, and now let's like, let's look at the future impacts. So as we know in the immediate, nothing substantial is going to change. All the contracts are signed. The games have to release on the platforms they've been agreed to, be it timed exclusives and et cetera. What do you think the future impacts is going to look like when we have the new entries like Elder Scrolls come out, Starfield, and some of these unannounced games, be it like a new Doom, new Wolfenstein. Do you think those games are going to remain multi-platform or do you think Microsoft is going to try to keep them exclusive to the Xbox ecosystem? That's a great question, Nate. I, I don't know the answer, but I think in general terms, I would say anything that has a service association to a service <laughs> would probably stay as a cross-platform game. So, for example, you know, Elder Scrolls Online, for example, whatever gets updated there, or, or Starfield potentially would be a um, a service-based game or anything that's a service-based game. But I, I do think that Microsoft will, you know, also... I, I'm not saying they'll do this in every scenario, and Phil Spencer made a tweet today that I know we're going to chat about, but he said that they'll look at this on a case-by-case basis. Look, I think that's a very honest answer. I mean, you, you can't just you can't just throw a label on on all these games and say they're all Xbox exclusive because that doesn't make any sense. So I I, I would say, yeah, anything that that has a live service component to it will probably stay multi-platform. Uh, anything that doesn't is going to get thrown on Game Pass. And you know, if you want the best, if you want the best games, if you want if you want the the best experience of Bethesda games, then you sign up for Game Pass because that's where you'll get it, and you only need to pay whatever you know is it fifteen month or fifteen dollars a month for the the ultimate package. Yeah, I mean, I, yep. I I would say that's the way they're going to approach this, but I don't think they're going to you know. There's all this talk about you know if if you don't release this game for another platform, you're you're being anti-consumer or anything like that. I I don't think that's that's what's going to happen here, but I, I do think that they'll keep a few exclusive ups exclusives up their sleeve because i mean you know sony's been doing it for years and and now microsoft has the ability to do do something similar so why not you know it's just it's just good business yeah i definitely agree with the idea of anything that is using a service will remain 
multi-platform like the Elder Scrolls Online. You have a base on all these other devices. There's no reason to, you know, limit that potential. You have income coming from them, so keep it going. When it comes to like the next Elder Scrolls game, or even Starfield, or even the next Doom, if I was Microsoft, you know, I just spent a lot of money to acquire the studio. My interest would be, like, we can look at Skyrim. Skyrim's sold over 20 million copies. And I'd say, well, here's the next Elder Scrolls game. I want this on PlayStation 5. I want it on Xbox Series X. I want it on PC. I want it on every platform I can put it on. Yeah. Because I can sell dozens, you know, I can sell 12, 15 million copies. I want high number of sales of my software. Yeah, and because- you, you got to look at the marketing data, right? Like if, right. if Doom sold, you know, five to one on PlayStation, then mm-hmm. you wouldn't take that away. Why would you take that away? That doesn't make any right. sense whatsoever, you know? Right. You're gonna, yeah, you're going to put it on the platforms that there's definitely an interest on. And Bethesda has sold well on PlayStation platforms. So any of these established IP, I would probably give, you know, at least that next entry definitely to like the PlayStation 5 for the Elder Scrolls Doom, et cetera. And, you know, reap the rewards. Mm-hmm. Sell it at $70. Sell, you know, 10 million copies bring in all that extra revenue and then on the xbox and game pass you're gonna have that game up there day one to the for you know for subscribers to enjoy and you're gonna have that monthly subscription fee coming from those users who have invested and you're gonna get that money there yeah there's no reason to limit your potential by not making these games multi-platform because when i think of like the elder scrolls or even doom or wolfenstein or quake i don't necessarily think of them as hardware sellers right I just I think of that as you know strong software to complement a growing library of games, and for Microsoft, that's a good place to be because Minecraft is on all platforms. It sells incredibly well. It's not necessarily an Xbox hardware seller. It's just it sells tens of millions of copies on other devices, and Microsoft is bringing in all that money. So keep those games multi-platform. Now down the line, I think Bethesda or Microsoft in this case is going to look at the new IPs that they have coming out that have yet to be announced. So new IPs beyond Starfield. Yeah. I could see them position those games as Xbox ecosystem exclusive. Yep. Because there's no obligation. You're not necessarily sure how the game is even going to be received. But there could be a case where, you know, the genre, you say, this is a good fit for the Switch. This is a good fit for the PlayStation. We're going to put that game there but maybe we're going to do it six months after we launch it on Game Pass and Xbox. Right. It's not a bad business model. You know, you want to capitalize and make as much money as you can. And you have so many new studios now, and so many of these games are iconic. They're known, they're established. Sell them where you can, make the money, and do good by the industry. Keep the base satisfied and happy, and you might gain a little bit of goodwill where people are going to say, Microsoft is putting all these fabulous games on these other platforms. Maybe I'll buy an Xbox. Yeah, no, dude, I totally agree. And the the, the possibilities now get really interesting. And the one the one that I, I keep thinking about is Obsidian, right? So Obsidian is now reunited with Bethesda as a sister company, right? Um, and, you know, Microsoft is obviously the parent company. So th- things have really kind of just gone around for them, you know, uh, com- in a complete 360. It's 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 interesting. Now all of a sudden there's these possibilities about 
what we'll see beyond you know avowed and and some of the games that we already know about you know will there be a fallout new vegas 2 because that's a game that's that we've we've wanted for a long time and it's 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 been something that was not possible literally until today so you know does microsoft tell obsidian new new vegas 2 is is next and it's exclusive to xbox i mean that would be a pretty big deal but i i do think nate you you're very much correct there and that you can't just you know make everything exclusive you, you have to really look at 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 the marketing data and and all the information before you know you you make decisions like that and i I think you know i think that's what phil was really alluding to when when he said you know we're going to look at this one at a time or on a case-by-case basis a lot of people were really concerned you know that they were based that phil had said and he didn't say this but i think a lot of people were concerned that it was going to be well we're just going to close up shop and everything from now on is going to be exclusive to the xbox I don't think so. I mean, I, I I truly believe that you know you got to look at you, you got to look at you know what they've already done with with exclusive games and putting games on other systems. You know, I mean, yep. their, their track record of this is is already very good. So you know, I, I don't think there's any cause for concern there. Yeah, I think if I ended up seeing Microsoft start to limit the games and where they would appear, like if all of a sudden they were saying the next Doom is exclusive to Xbox, Elder Scrolls is exclusive to the next Xbox, then this deal would actually kind of transform into a bad thing for the industry. Because now you have limited the reach of where these games could go. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't seem like that's really Microsoft's interest. And we can get into this topic now is, to me, this deal wasn't about microsoft selling xbox right hardware to us it was about microsoft selling a service and that service is game pass where we can play it on pc phones and xbox platforms and microsoft even said today we want to get game pass on apple we will work with them about those restrictions and see what can happen and you know they have they kind of have ambitions to bring it to maybe televisions they have had ambitions to say we would love to have game pass on the switch there was even the talk that they had talked to Sony about bringing Game Pass to the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. So they want Game Pass on every device possible. And this acquisition today was another step in them selling their service of Game Pass and not selling Xbox hardware. Do you think that that message is going to be a bit mixed among the gaming community where they're going to say, well, if you're selling Game Pass, then why do you have the Xbox? Like we've had that talk yeah. for months now, where people can't seem to separate the two. Um, I, I mean, I, I think those those questions will be ongoing. I, I don't know if if that's really going to change the conversation there. I mean, there are there are arguments about that. You know, why is Microsoft bringing out new hardware when Game Pass, you know, will will run on on all sorts of devices? But look, I mean, I, I think the series s is the response to that right i mean it's a it's a cheaper device that will play all these games very very well albeit at a lower resolution so yeah i i i think you know they will there's always going to be those those questions that that get asked about this but you know microsoft i mean you're right nate they're they're trying to you know get their name in in everything you know like every single device they can get get into you know is is what they ultimately want to do and once 
they they figure out how to get game pass integrated into like televisions and stuff i mean that would be kind of the next next big thing for them if if that's something they they are considering doing as well but yeah i mean i don't think microsoft's too concerned like you said about about you know one-to-one sales numbers with sony you know how many units of the series s or the series x they're going to sell as compared to sony that doesn't Mm -hmm. really matter to them anymore and it's taken me a while to to get behind that because I never really understood that myself for a long time. Because I mean, this is video games, this is trench warfare, you know, this is this is this is console wars one hundred and one, right? I mean, Sony doesn't have a response to that. None of their games are running on you know on 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 the Xbox or on Game Pass right now, right? So, you know, that's 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 a big deal, and I, I think that's ultimately what they're trying to do. And and look, man, it's. With this, I mean, you think about Game Pass now. You've got Bethesda, you've got EA. Um, I mean, yeah. you know, they're just... The moves that they're making with Game Pass right now cannot be ignored. I mean, a lot of people, when you say Game Pass, people just, especially kind of the traditional console gamers, well, they think, well, what does that offer me? But, I mean, it's offering <laughs> you so much, right? And And... Every single month, there is like some new announcement that comes out from, about Game Pass, and it gets to a point where you just can't ignore it anymore. And you know, for me, the best kind of Christmas deal right now, you know, if you look at the PlayStation Five, the Xbox, the Series X, and the Series S, the best deal would be a Series S plus a Game Pass subscription. I mean, you can't beat that, right? I mean that that is right. that is an absolute amazing Christmas deal and beyond. So. Yeah, like as you have alluded to, Game Pass's value yeah. it just it skyrocketed with this acquisition because you, now you're getting all these Bethesda games and Microsoft if they're smart and I'm sure they're already planning on this is you're going to add a back catalog of Bethesda games to Game Pass in the very near future. Yeah. So just as like a hypothetical example, Xbox Series X launches. Well, here's Doom Eternal with a 4k 120 frames a second patch only on game pass or only on xbox series x at, you know for the first three months it's like okay well that's part of game pass it's never going away that's awesome you can flesh out now that first year by going into some of the bethesda legacy software and doing you know a 4k patch of a game like skyrim that's yeah. some 4k hdr or you somehow you go back further you know there's really no limit to what they have access to now they can put everything on game pass they can do the evil within series yep you can give those you know can remaster those if you want you can put those on game pass game pass value is now at a point where it's you basically have to say why don't i have game pass especially in the west and by you know like america and europe you now have a service that has all this bethesda software EA Access is now part of Game Pass for no extra fee. You have the Microsoft games. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I get sport games, Western RPGs, shooting games, action adventure games. That is a lot of software. It's a lot of quality software. It's not, you know, like some people think Game Pass is like, oh, they just dump random like yeah. indie games or just, you know, there's a lot of mediocre stuff. Right. Well, all of a sudden it just acquired you know, a dozen of the biggest developers in 
you know, the industry and all those games can be added to Game Pass at any time. Never mind the future projects that they have in development right now. That is an amazing value for $15 a month. And as you said, if you buy a Series S and you're getting access to all of the software, there's enough games there that you could never need a new release, yep. especially if you've never played some of the software before. So like Game Pass now is, it's really a service that anyone interested in gaming has to be saying for themselves, I might do that $1 trial because I'm curious. Yeah. And that's what Microsoft has been positioning to this. And they said today they have 15 million Game Pass subscribers. Which is that's, unbelievable. Yeah, that is a large figure. And it's only going to grow. It's mm. going to expand as we get deeper into this generation. And that's the number Microsoft is going to be focused on. It's not going to be, hey, we sold 50 million Xbox Series Xs and 40 million Xbox Series Ss. It's going to be, we have 150 million Game Pass subscribers. Yeah. And that's exactly their focus, and that's where their focus should be. And Bethesda's acquisition definitely propels them to that figure and even beyond that figure. This is a brilliant move from Microsoft to sell Game Pass, especially in the North American market, is because the only other companies in North America that really cater to the, you know, the wide community would be Activision with Call of Duty and EA with Madden. And you have Madden with, you know, EA game with EA access. Call of Duty, Sony continues to make deals, but you still have the game on your platform. But now it comes down to that price. It's $70 for software yep. on PlayStation, including first party software. Microsoft is saying now we are offering you a lot of Game Pass software for just $15 a month. You don't have to buy the next Doom. You don't have to buy the next Elder Scrolls. You don't have to buy Starfield. All of those big, highly anticipated games from these, what used to be a third-party publisher, you don't have to buy for $70 anymore. Yep. We're giving it to you for $15 a month. How can you, as a consumer, say this is bad? Yeah. This is value in its purest form. Yeah, it's 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 amazing, man. It, it, it really is. I mean they've come to this generation and next generation with just something that you know is going to disrupt the video game industry and again you know i i was not really a believer in it for a while but in the last few months i've really gotten on board for me it was when when they wait when they put flight simulator on there you know for free right like uh that was the first time i thought damn this is a really good deal like they're letting me play this game that is a 70 dollar game it's 150 gigabytes to download and they're not even questioning it right it's like wow that is pretty damn impressive to do that and man i i'm i'm very excited about about how this is going to go i i do have a question and it goes a little back to halo infinite so halo infinite as we know was was delayed and there was there was some rumblings i mean i don't know if this was ever confirmed but there was some rumblings that microsoft put a lot of resources from different teams on the halo project to get it to get something out for this year and obviously that never happened how do you think this will impact those types of you know crunch moments where it will you know normally they will try to pull resources from other studios. Do you think now with the acquisition of Bethesda that some of whoever, you know, some of the Bethesda people 
will be moved on to Halo Infinite in a full-time capacity immediately or do you think it's going to be more you know you know they've, they've got a handle on the that 343 has a handle on Halo Infinite and you know the the goal now is to get that ready for sometime next year probably you know the holiday I'd imagine 343 probably has a handle on the situation right now I could yeah. see them use some of these other studios like assets creators yeah come in just to you know ease development in some areas but it's not going to be any you know, any of the key components of a development team is being ripped off a big project like the Elder Scrolls to assist on Halo Infinite. It would just be, hey, we need maybe some, you know, an artist who's already done, or we just need some, you know, more of the lower level programmers to come in just for some quick right. assistance. So you don't see Todd, that would impact that. You don't see Todd Howard walking in who's shipped many, many games <laughs> saying, All right, I know how to I know no. I know how this works. Let let's get this game done. No, I wouldn't anticipate anything like that. It it seems like Microsoft is still going to let all these studios operate on their own yeah. and not really bother them with any of Microsoft's other problems with like the 343 studio situation. And I mean, that's in their best interest. Yep. You can move the developers around if you absolutely need to, but if you have a well-oiled functioning machine at, you know, machine games, mm -hmm. leave them alone, keep them, you know, keep them focused on the work they're doing don't mess with it you yeah. don't mess with a formula that is already functioning and that's kind of what i would anticipate there but it does bring up a, you know an intriguing idea of like you brought up obsidian with fallout new vegas a reason that like you know we never saw that happen again is because obsidian just simply never partnered with bethesda to make a new one again yeah and now it's kind of a situation of even if they had the idea in the back of their minds it's easier to approach now because it's as simple as, hey, Bethesda's busy working on, you know, the brand new Elder Scrolls game. They're not working on a Fallout. Are you guys interested in doing it? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, let's go. You actually now have so much flexibility to look at the whole IP range that you've bought. And you could say, oh, Machine Games is working on a new IP. We want to make a new Wolfenstein. Well, you could look at 343, even though they are made for Halo. But you could actually look at them and say, you guys want to try a hand at, you know, a Wolfenstein game? Yeah. You could do that. And I'm curious if Microsoft actually does some crossovers now. Yeah. I mean, th there's also, yeah, th that's very, very possible. And there's also some lesser known franchises as well, like Commander Keen and, and things like that, right? So the the, the possibilities here and the, f the amount of fanboying that could be done is kind of a little crazy. I mean, imagine doom guy and master chief in a game together right i mean there's all there's all sorts of permutations here Nate, and i think i think that's where things get really interesting yeah and i mean a big thing to take away from this is that bethesda did say they are still operating as their own publishing label they're yeah. not part of xbox game studios yes and yeah absolutely and i think that's 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 a good thing to do because a lot of people you know just assume well now now microsoft owns them then things will change but yeah i mean very much what you said it's it's going to be business as usual at least for a while you know things yes. things may start to 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 you know shift like you said after the first 12 months when they've already fulfilled their existing commitments to their uh to publishers and to their partners and and, and whatnot but yeah i mean initially it's it's going to be pretty much the same as, as what we've seen yeah it's they're still going to be operating as bethesda they're publishing as bethesda 
it's there's no immediate concern what we see in 2022 2023 it will be a different story that's probably where microsoft will begin to leverage it they want new ips to be exclusives if they want doom to fall under the xbox game studio label they might do it then but like right now because you see a lot of playstation fans and even nintendo fans worried that this means support is going to be cut into the future but as we kind of already touched on earlier, if the franchise is established, yeah. it's likely going to remain a multi-platform game. And they still have a lot of legacy software that they can now say, well, we're going to bring it to the Xbox. We're going to you know, just do a simple HD release of whatever. And those would be good fits to bring to the other platforms because mm-hmm. they'd be you know, smaller, cheaper releases. And there's no reason not to bring them. But the more extravagant games, especially if they view it as a hardware seller, that will remain Xbox exclusive. But like the Elder Scrolls is going to cost probably over $100 million to develop, just as a figure. And my interest as Microsoft is going to be, I want to make as much money as I can. You're putting it on every platform that can handle it. If the Switch 2 is out by then and it can handle the game, we're porting it to the Switch 2. Yeah. We want sales, you know, first and foremost. Yeah. And that's where, I mean, there's a lot of talk where people are saying this is good for the industry, this is bad for the industry. And I guess the bad for the industry is that this has removed a massive publishing house from the industry and put it under the umbrella of a yep. you know, giant corporation. And it's bad in the sense that now it could potentially have a ripple effect where those games aren't being released yeah. on other platforms and outside of that Microsoft umbrella. But until I actually see that rock be thrown... I'm not concerned about that storm that could come. I would actually, I need to see Microsoft say everything's exclusive for us now. And they don't, they haven't done that yet. Yeah. I I think as long as Phil Spencer is, is in charge, I think things will, will pretty much stay as they are now, you know, beyond that, it's very hard to speculate. Um, Yeah. Cause it's business, you know, it's, it's going, it's, it's business. Yeah. It, what's best for business if it's best for business to be exclusive to the xbox and make their brand that compelling strong looking brand then that's what's going to happen yeah but if it's their interest to make a lot of money and to sell game pass subscriptions whether you know then different decisions will be made but if it's just going to be hey this costs us a lot of money release it everywhere we can that's what we're going to do like the Switch is in that weird position where we're transitioning into next gen. Games like Starfield are going to be very demanding, and the Switch is, you know, beginning to show its data technology. And even if a Switch Pro comes out, it doesn't necessarily negate those issues. So even if you see a little bit of limited support coming into, you know, in 2021, it's not due to this acquisition. It's just that the games are becoming more demanding and the assets are no longer viable for the Switch platform. But, you know, people are going to make that leap saying, oh, my God, it's because of Microsoft, that evil corporation. Yeah. Like, no, you have to look at everything going on. And, I mean, every time you see an acquisition, there's obviously some, there's a bad aspect to it. Yep. Because it, it does create, yeah, you know, a monopoly of sorts. Sure. If and, you have and, Microsoft buying everybody. Yeah. And something's going to get cut as well, right? I mean, not all not all these these games are going to survive, unfortunately. That's just the way it is. I mean, something will, will, will get kind of axed. Um, but hopefully whoever's working on those teams will just be shifted on to, you know, other, other projects, right? So um, I think, you know, mergers and acquisitions, I've been through them before. 
they're, they're not fun because you know if you're an employee of a company you, you your first response is well how does that affect me um but like i said i think in general it's a positive thing but yeah i mean th- there's always going to be a some fallout from from something like this and um, no, no pun intended by the way on the word fallout <laughs> fallout is fine fallout's not going away don't worry you know that's that's definitely something that they they will look to probably double down on i would su- suggest <laughs> i mean now i mean like, i could be completely wrong and i could see and maybe microsoft does keep like the elder next elder scrolls exclusive to the xbox i would just find it surprising me too if they, yeah they'd go that route because I think it would just benefit them more to keep it multi-platform, especially if you want to sell, yep. you know, the Game Pass service, and you're going to make the money by releasing on the other platform anyway. So it's you know it's a win-win for you as a business. But I guess you could say, well, I'm losing by not keeping it exclusive. But if I'm Microsoft right now, I've built up a lot of goodwill. I've made people happy. Like, look at our backwards compatibility. Yes, Game Pass has been a great value. Yeah, let's keep the games going multi-platform if we can and keep you know keep the industry healthy and like i would definitely be one to say well this is a really bad move if we did see that whole shift happen where microsoft took everything exclusive from all of these studios because that's a big piece of pie missing now for the industry yeah i I agree it's hard for me to imagine that but let's assume that they did that would not be a good move for them i mean they've they've slowly over over the last few years chipped away at trying to get at at some level of the market back you know from sony and nintendo and you know this year like when we saw both showcases from sony and nintendo microsoft uh, i'm sorry from, from microsoft and in uh from Microsoft and Sony, Microsoft showcase was, you know, we, we kind of went, felt that it was, it was okay, but it was just missing. There were a few steps behind Sony. They just couldn't compete with them, you know? And, and uh-huh. now that they have this, they're right there with them. You know, they're, they're right there with Sony. They, they have, they have the muscle now. They have the studios behind them to say, whatever you guys have, we have as well. And, you know, we, we can match you, no matter what you guys throw at us and we have game pass so it would it would be a i don't it would be a bad move i think if microsoft turned around now and said you know we're going to put exclusives on all our future releases beyond you know the commitments that we've already you know made to our customers and and our third parties that would that would be yeah. very very strange for me to see that but if whoever replaces Phil Spencer, and hopefully Phil will stick around, I, hopefully he, you know, he's not going to go away. But whoever replaces him, I mean, they may have their own opinions on on how that will go. But I, I think in the short term, I think we'll be okay. Yeah, in the short term, I think we'll be okay. Long term, you know, it remains to be seen. It's, I mean, it's a really complex situation because it really comes down to people say, oh well, you know, we're talking about lost sales potential if they keep it exclusive. But at the same time, it means the game would still be available on Xbox, Game Pass, X Cloud, PC. It, like it is a lot of platforms. There is a lot of choice there. But this is such a large umbrella of studios, and you're removing so much industry competition from a third-party standpoint with the acquisition here. I just view it if I'm Microsoft, I don't need to. Like I, I want you to invest in my ecosystem. Yeah. I want you to definitely, you know, get Game Pass. I want you to play it on PC or a phone, X Cloud, 
you know, wherever. But I still think it has a little bit of a benefit to have it on other platforms. And, you know, Microsoft might make me a liar and they might make it exclusive. <laughs> and, you know, I'd be sitting there kind of saying, yeah, you know, I, I'm not gonna say I would be mad about it. I understand business business, right? It would just kind of feel like, you know, it kind of sucks. I see that happen because it'd be like someone coming in and buying EA and then you have no sports games on any other platform except right. for whichever company buys EA. You'd kind of sit there and say, well, that sucks. But if you, but it Nate, if, you industry. if you have Doom, like let's say, let's say, <laughs> let's say it's working on the next Doom game. Do, let's say it's Doom Eternal 2, right? And it's supposed to right. come out in two years. If you yep. have Doom as as your major, you know, draw card, there's there's probably some, you know, there's some desire to keep that exclusive on the Xbox at least in a time capacity. Why why wouldn't you yeah. do that if you have that up your sleeve? Yeah, if we're yeah, if we're looking into the future like 2022-2023 and I have that big game like Doom or you know a sequel to something and I can say we'll bring it multi-platform but I want 6 months of yeah. exclusivity on Game Pass for our platform first. I can see that from a business standpoint where it makes sense the consumers still have the option of choice. They can still get it on the other platform be it a Switch 2 or a PlayStation 5 down the line it's not forcing me to have to go this like We've never really have seen a company of this size get bought in the industry. This is where this is unprecedented. Absolutely. We've, never, like, Absolutely. we've seen Rare get bought, and it was like, oh, Rare, they made a lot of good games for Nintendo. It was, also, seeing- it was also a very different time back then. Um, yes. Because, you know, it was the it was like the before the 360 days, right? I mean, it was the OG oh. Xbox days, so things were a lot different. Um, yeah. There was certainly no live service um game service delivery that that you could tap into and and just play games whenever you wanted to you know yeah and we've never seen an actual publishing house yep get purchased by a console manufacturer we've never seen something like this and that's where there's a lot of uncertainty i'm being a little more optimistic in saying i think microsoft is going to do right by the industry and cater to you know kind of everybody there will be the case-by-case situation where they are going to examine the games and it will you know say this is a good fit for multi-platform this is a good fit for multi-platform this is a brand new ip that's unproven let's keep it exclusive because if it does become a big deal we have it yeah but yeah, otherwise this will not be this will not be arrogant microsoft this will be humble microsoft i think i think so too yeah. and you know, I hope they don't prove us liars here because I want to <laughs> see the end. I want to see the industry thrive. Yes. And the industry can't thrive if you have companies like Microsoft, Nintendo, or Sony buying up huge publishing houses. Like, let's say Sony comes out of nowhere and buys Ubisoft, and they keep all of those IP that Ubisoft develops exclusive to the PlayStation. That would be devastating to the industry. Absolutely. Like, even Absolutely. if you're not a fan of the Rabbids games or Assassin's Creed, mm-hmm. you're still missing out on so much. Like, Splinter Cell, you know, Just a Dance. If all those all suddenly were exclusive to a single platform, it's bad. Yeah. And you don't want that for the industry. And I hope that is really Microsoft's goal here is to let the industry thrive, make these games multi-platform and keep the industry healthy moving forward. And that would keep everybody happy. You guys want to keep exclusives here and there? That's your business right to do it. You own the studios. So let me let me run a question past you, Nate. So, do you think this has exposed Sony in some capacity? And what I mean by that is, let me let me throw this scenario to you. So, 
Microsoft has Game Pass. They have the Series X and the Series X, which are going on pre-sale tomorrow. Uh, it'll be today by the time uh, the listeners listen to this show. And they have the option of Game Pass where they can pretty much pick whatever game they want, install it onto their system, play it, finish it, get rid of it, and then grab something else, play it, finish it. So that whole concept of, I don't really, you know, the, the storage requirements or the storage limitations of next gen on the xbox are probably aren't as i'll say restrictive as sony because you know especially if you have the the physical system you know there's going to be a lot more emphasis on potentially purchasing additional storage now look if you own the game digitally you can you can delete it and and reinstall it anytime you want so i guess it's not that much different but without game pass do you think that Sony has now been exposed to a a weakness that they have going into next generation. Do you think the, their model of of video games and the way they've done things, which has always been make really cool hardware and make really cool games and then just sell them, do you think that will continue to be able... Do you think that's sustainable going into the future or do you think Sony will eventually, I'm not saying right now, eventually be forced to come up with something that does compete with game pass because honestly they, they don't have anything right now and i think i think that's where you know if they do stumble that's where it's going to be for them sony does need to come up with a service that can compete with game pass because as much as it pains me to say and for some to hear game pass and services are the future of the industry and microsoft is simply way ahead of the game when it comes to that, they are looking to the future. They understand this. They understand that they can position Game Pass as the Netflix of gaming. And the purchase of Bethesda proves that fact. They are looking just to offer so much strong software and probably at such a consistent flow of it. And they're still making deals with third parties like Sega to bring Yakuza and deals with Square to bring Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest to the service where they're just showing this vast reach of software and i think what the acquisition today kind of exposed for sony is the playstation 5 really isn't offering me any value mm-hmm. i'm buying a 500 dollars piece of hardware where software from first parties is going to range from 50 to 70 dollars depending on the game and third-party games look to be priced 70 dollars, similar to what microsoft will have from third-party games on the xbox series x and xbox series s but game pass exists I'm not buying those first party releases. Sony is saying you're giving us $70. And it comes down to buying habits. Microsoft is changing the way I perceive games. Mm -hmm. It's changing the way I approach buying a video game. And now that I know I don't have to buy Halo, Gears, Elder Scrolls, Starfield, anything from Bethesda, you know, I don't have to, or I can try all those games from EA Access they've kind of they've taken away the idea of buying games in my mind yeah because they're offering a service of such value where i can wait for them to add the game to that service or they're putting it right there day one at launch anyways and sony is saying invest in us give us money but it's where's the value yeah you're not you're not gonna you're not offering anything to counter what microsoft is doing microsoft Microsoft seems to be in that better position for anyone who wants to kind of be the informed consumer. Yep, and Sony's out here pricing games at $70 each for next yeah, gen. 
and their reasoning is we release premium games yeah so you're going to pay a premium for it and microsoft is just sitting there saying 15 bucks a month you can play all of this you can play legacy software from bethesda you can play doom elder scrolls wolfenstein etc and it's like wow look at that they you're a library of software where i can just come in pick a game out play it to my heart's content mm-hmm. go back and pick another one and sony's saying you can't you can't rent a game and i'm saying that with quotations in my right, fingers right you can't rent the game from a service you have to come in and buy the entire book yep and i think they do have to address that in the future they have to make playstation now a more competitive service to game pass they have to start offering first party software i mean it's obviously they have they have to find a business model that is profitable for them microsoft is a huge company they're willing to take a loss on game pass to build it up i don't know if sony's really in that position that they can afford to do so but microsoft is changing the industry and the impacts you know are yet to be seen it's still a gamble game pass is still a gamble we don't know if it's going to pay off for them if it does and i've said this time and time again they're going to look like geniuses they are going to have they will have revolutionized the industry and i think the acquisition of bethesda is quickly making people realize the vision that microsoft has and it's just a matter of are you willing to embrace this future or are you still going to resist and say no this isn't where i want gaming to go but this is where it's flowing it's flowing towards services and the sooner you kind of embrace that reality the sooner you're going to accept that this is just the direction the industry's going in and you're going to be a part of it or you're just going to say gaming is no longer a place for me yeah no i i love it i love it i love the fact that that this is happening i i like i said i'm all about game pass i love the fact that xbox is is pretty much just putting their name out there on all sorts of different devices if you're a old school gamer like me you can still go out and buy a series x pre-order it tomorrow and still get physical games and install them on your machine and play them but they give you so many different choices and and now with with this it's um it's very very exciting um i i I just can't wait to see how this goes i i think i think you know right now it's it's not really going to change much but slowly over time we'll, we'll definitely start to see the influence that microsoft has on bethesda and and i'm not saying that in a bad way i'm saying in a, in a good way we'll, we'll, we'll start to see some cool things one one rumor that i heard today and there was a lot of things going on on social media so i don't know if this is true but i did hear today that this was supposed to be an e3 announcement does, does that make sense to you that that seems very very early yeah that seems early for that type of announcement because why would you even hold it till now unless you really want to time this to pre-orders which yeah. i don't think i don't think this is going to drive a significant amount of pre-orders for the xbox series line of product you could have announced this back in june and it still would have been like a whoa moment and you've actually would have given people a lot of time to like stew on it and then you could have had yeah some sort of like montage in your uh, like an august or a july event where you could have been like oh look you know all this stuff from Bethesda's legacy is coming to Game Pass early 2021 to get people to be like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. And now I'm excited, and I have to put in that pre-order once they're open. I'm not saying it couldn't have been an E3 announcement, but the timing to me just doesn't add up when all things are factored in. You don't think it was a flex? I mean, last week's Sony 
showed us this uh the the ps5 she gave us the price and then showed god of war <laughs> and then opened up pre-orders immediately the hype levels were were insane you don't think this is a response they 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 show us not not just a game that purchased an entire publisher and acquired all the studios underneath it and then tomorrow the series x goes on pre-sale i mean that's that's a pretty good response to uh to sony's move last week it is a good response but i think you if i were them i would have gone a step further and i would have had some sort of game that is coming to xbox series x on like launch day on game pass that's getting enhanced on xbox series x like the doom eternal or skyrim or something to that and that would have generated that a lot more hype of like whoa they're serious about this the announcement itself outside of like people who are really invested in the industry and keep up with the news this was just oh wow microsoft just really strengthened their stable of developers and potential software moving forward but i have to see the fruits of you know i have to see this tree bear fruit yep and we haven't seen that yet. Like even as we have discussed, we don't know if they're going to make some of these games exclusive. We don't know if they're going to remain multi-platform. We don't know how they're really going to approach us beyond that. All these Bethesda games in the future are going to be on Game Pass day one. So if it was to be a full-on counter to Sony last week, I think they would have had a trailer with some sort of game yeah. getting enhanced or something. Yeah, maybe uh, you know a a clip of Todd Howard walking into uh, Phil Spencer's office or something. <laughs> yeah. Just something, yeah. Something a little goofy, a little yeah. friendly. And then like, Oh wow. didn't expect that. But yeah. so it's, I mean, it's just still a big topic. So one more question from me. If, if you're Sony, would you be worried right now? I think in the back of my mind, if I'm Sony, I'm kind of sitting there saying, what were Microsoft's intentions and ambitions with this acquisition? If it was to secure themselves exclusive software moving forward with those, you know, iconic IP like Elder Scrolls and Doom, I'm kind of sitting there saying, okay, Microsoft is, they're playing for real. They're serious about this. If they're still going to bring those games multi-platform, I'm just kind of like, okay, it's no big deal. But Microsoft is definitely going to sell that Game Pass service in a very aggressive manner and you know we can't beat that all we can do is do what we do best we're going to make the games we make we're going to hype up games like god of war 2 and we're going to continue to market our software the best we can and excite the base and try to prove to everybody you're buying a premium product at a premium price because we give you the best games that you know the industry can offer and that's why you're willing to give us 500 dollars for the system 70 dollars for a controller and 70 dollars for a game because we're Sony and you love what we do and Microsoft is just playing Microsoft is just in a completely different game right now. Yeah. They're playing a different game of chess of they're looking to the future way beyond the present. Sony is still kind of in the present. They're just buy the PS5 cuz we're Sony. Microsoft yeah. saying buy Game Pass, Xbox, PC, I don't care. We're going to get you. Yep. One way or the other, we're going to get you under our umbrella. Yeah, I agree. I mean I, I think I think Sony will will, you know, they'll be looking at this, and maybe be a little bit bemused by it. I don't think there's any cause for concern. There's no certainly no panic in the Sony camp. I mean, they've done mm-hmm. things for years and it's worked for them. They have an absolute loyal fan base, and we know that they can shift 
hundreds of millions of systems and hundreds of millions of games there's no cause for concern but yep. I, I do wonder you know is is that's going to be sustainable going into this generation you know with the rising costs of video games the rising development times to get games done i mean we saw lots of lots of cancellations this year sorry lots of delays this year not cancellations and of course you know it was it was a very tough year for many folks and the longer development times you know is is that model going to continue to work for and be successful for sony going forward i think that's an interesting question it's going to be interesting to see because i mean we are still in the midst of the pandemic there are still those who are being hurt and you know economically and microsoft is just offering so much value that they are kind of positioned in that way of we're going to give you a ton of software day one and it's for a bargain of a price and sony's saying we're a new generation we're giving you something that's visually amazing and we're charging you more money for it I mean, is it is it a long term? I mean, long term, maybe the seventy dollar price isn't going to be all that significant on the consumer. It's just going to be something that they accept. Maybe they don't accept. Yeah. But Microsoft, just from a value perspective, in the here and now, it's just too much to ignore. They're in a really good position from a value standpoint, and Game Pass continues to get better every single day. Now we can move to some Streamlabs questions. We had a three dollar donation from Skit Tittles, who said hi again. About a year ago, the Xbox backwards compatibility team quit making more games backwards compatible to ensure every game the Xbox One can, every Xbox One game can run, the Xbox Series could run too. Now that that's wrapping up, what do you think is next for that very talented team of individuals? I think it'll continue on as as it left off. You know, I think you know they 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 pause for a little while to make sure that everything was running correctly on the next generation but i would expect to see more backward compatibility being added to to the service over time so expect more og xbox and expect more 360 and anything that was xbox one that for whatever reason um you know isn't running or or maybe was going to get hold back but i mean i i think we heard that everything was going to run on day one so i don't even know if there's any work that needs to be done there but yeah i mean i i think that team will continue to you know improve that technology and and make it work with pretty much everything and uh i i I think that will just continue yeah i can see them adding like hdr and those enhanced um they said they want to improve some of the frame rates of games that used to be 60 frames a second on the original hardware maybe make it 120 frames a second and i think that's probably going to be their focus moving forward and we had a one dollar donation from matthias who says when can we get a nate the hate face reveal uh, when someone donates $10,000. <laughs> then we had Andrew AU donate $3, who said, love the content. For saving as much hard drive space as possible, is it worth getting the disc-based PlayStation 5? I'd rather the all-digital, but I'm worried about losing extra space versus disc. How much would I really save using disc after DL patches, etc.? If any, you actually wouldn't be saving anything because the full game is going to be installed on your hard drive anyways, so the only convenience is really going to be whether or not a disk installation is quicker than your download speed of the game. Yes. Then we had James Gold, who donated $3, right? Love the podcast. Keep up the great work and entertainment. Just speculating. I think it's likely Bethesda and its software will be timed exclusives unless Microsoft Game Pass base grows significantly. Maybe a year. Thoughts? 
I'd say we probably answered that in the mm-hmm. entirety of the show. But yeah, it seems like Bethesda, id, and Microsoft, I think they will keep established software multi-platform for at least the next couple of years. Beyond that, we could see them then begin to shift under the Xbox Game Studio umbrella, but I wouldn't be too concerned about it in the immediate future. Yep, agree. And that does it for the Streamlab questions. As always, if you want to support the channel, you can donate as little as a dollar, ask us a question, we'll answer at the end of the episode, donate $100 or more, and we will dedicate the episode to you. And I'd like to thank MVG for joining me as always. Thanks for having me on, Nate. This was, this was fun and Let's see. Uh, let's see what Bethesda gives us over the next twelve to eighteen months. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to see how Microsoft handles Bethesda in the coming years. And you can find a link to MVG's channel in the description below. If you like the content, give the video a like. Be sure to subscribe. Let us know your thoughts on Microsoft's acquisition of Bethesda in the comment section below. And as always, continue to embrace the hate. <laughs>